So we are doing uh, the last in our summer series. So over the summer, we've been looking at the parables that Jesus told about the kingdom of God. Does anyone remember any of the parables? It's a bit harsh on some people who are here for the first time. Sorry. <laughs> but for those of you that have been here... The mustard seed, that was the first one. Paul talked us through the mustard seed. <laughs> uh, okay, what, anyone remember any of the other ones? Phoebe? The bad plants, yes. The wheat and the weeds. Yeah, that's true. Roger took us through that one a few weeks back. Any other ones? The banquet. Yeah, your mummy talked about that one, didn't she? And there was an actual banquet up here. And I was not invited. I was disappointed. But anyway. Everyone's invited otherwise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, aside from that, the point of the parable is everyone's invited. <laughs> but for the purpose of the illustration, there was only six seats up here. But yes, you're right. Everyone's invited, Becky. That's the whole point. The kingdom is open to all. Sorry. <laughs> some, to be fair, some people didn't accept the invitation. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I was invited and then I turned it down, didn't I? Oh, my memory. Any others? We had one of my friends from Basingstoke come and speak about one. Do you remember what his was? Bubs? The vineyard. The vineyard, yeah, the parable of the workers. That's right. And then, can anyone remember the one that I spoke on two weeks ago? It was a long time ago, I know. It's fine. Clearly people paying attention. There was a chocolate bar illustration. There were chocolates hidden all around the room. Anna. Yeah, they did. Yeah. She took a bit of a gamble, didn't she? She swapped her two little chocolates for a box. It could have been an empty box, but it wasn't. It was full of bigger sweets. Because I'm, I'm not that cruel. But the, the parables that we looked at were the treasure in the field of a man who was walking along, found some treasure buried in a field, quickly covered it over again and then bought the field, sold everything he had so that then he'd have that treasure. And then the trader looking for a pearl. And what we were saying there is that the kingdom is like that. And you can look at it two ways. One of the ways is that God is worth giving up everything we have. Amen? He is worth giving up everything we have for friendship with him. But the other way you can look at it is that God so wanted friendship with us that he gave up everything he had. Jesus himself is the man who discovered the treasure in the field. He is the trader who discovered that pearl. And we are that treasure. That is amazing. Today, we're going to look at three parables Jesus told, hence why I'm a bit nervous about running time, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. But before we go there, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever lost something that was precious to you? Yes. Becky? Yes. I mean, if you don't want to share, it's fine. I'm happy to share. I've had a very traumatic loss in my life. I, 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 no, I wasn't going to talk about that. I'm looking <laughs> <laughs> two big losses. <laughs> um, we took our teddy bears on holiday with us once and lost our bag. These are the teddies I've had since I was a baby. And I was a grown-up at the point I went on holiday and took them all on holiday with me. And we lost our suitcase with 
my childhood teddyism, which was really traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Sad we never got back. Ah, uh, same. Really sad. Yeah. yeah. Any, anyone else? It's not a competition, so we, we're not trying to up the stakes. Matthew. Jessica. Jessica, your rabbit, yeah. Yeah. That was sad, hey? Anyone else? I once had a hard drive crash and we lost a whole load of baby photos of Anna. After that, everything goes up to the cloud because we're not going to lose them again. But we lost the. We had some that were already up on Facebook and whatnot, but there are a whole load more that didn't get uploaded that, yeah, we don't have. So you're still, still to embarrass Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're covered. We're all good. <laughs> well, the stories today are all about lost things. But before we get there, seeing as we're talking about precious things, does anyone know that's something that I think is precious or things that I think are precious? Yeah. What do you think? Children. Children, 100%. It goes without saying. But anyone personally, who knows me personally, what might I have in this bag here to show off some of my precious things? Books. Books. <laughs> I mean, of course, we're talking about the Bible, but in my industry, this is a type of Bible. This is... Design patterns um, they, by Gamma, Helm, Johnson and Vlicides. And of course you're thinking, wow, John, you've got a copy of that. <laughs> Design patterns. It is a little Bible for software developers. Uh, something a little bit more well-known, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis. Love this book. Uh, the whole series I'm rereading at the moment, just little insights into who Jesus is, just bedded into those stories. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, amazing books. Second one's a little bit weirder than the first one, I'm not going to lie, but enjoyable. I've, they do go up to space and they fight vermicious canids, but enough about that one. Uh, I've got a book called From Eternity to Here. Now this is about the, the big story that goes on in the Bible about how God wants a people for himself. He wants a family for the father. He wants a bride for his son, a body for his son, a temple for the Holy Spirit. But it puts it, it just taking through lots of the different stories in the Old Testament from beginning through to end and just gives you that big picture vision of why God wants the church. Got Moving in the Prophetic by Greg Haslam. Great book if you want to get going in the prophetic gifting. Um, maybe your passion is evangelism. Loving people towards Jesus by Dub Everett. Lots of really good down-to-earth advice about how you can just love people and share Jesus with them. Um, we got, I like fantasy. I like fantasy and sci-fi, I'm sorry. This is by a guy who's a Christian author. It's called The Paradise War. Uh, it's part of the Song of Albion trilogy. It's really, really, really good if you like that sort of thing. But of course, I can't talk about books without talking about Bible. And this is a little Bible that I can carry around with me. And, um, and it's, it's a nice leather one. Hang on. It's empty. I've lost my Bible. I mean, apparently not. <laughs> I've lost my Bible now. Luckily, I've got some incentives here. I think, I'm sure I brought my Bible with me this morning. I must have been looking something up, but I've lost it. 
Do you think any of you can help me find it? Whoever helps me find it can have some chocolate. So don't look at anything, don't open anything up that belongs to the school, but anything that is Trinity Life's, feel free to open up, have a look. We've got boxes, we've got under tables, we've got under chairs, have a look. Seriously, if you can find it, I will find it really, really helpful, please. I don't know how I'm gonna preach without it. It's amazing, you show people chocolate and then they start moving. Children will do anything for chocolate. You're more like a healthy guy. To be fair, you would go for the cucumber rather than the chocolate, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good kid. And an apple, yeah. Brilliant. Especially if they're green ones. Any luck? Is it? Oh. No? <gasps> Anna! You found my Bible! Amazing! Thank you so much! Woohoo! Thank you. Now, do you know what? I am so happy that you found my Bible. You can absolutely have first picker chocolates, but can you then maybe take them around people and everyone can have some? Because I think we should all celebrate together that my Bible has been found. It was lost, but it's been found. Woohoo! Which one do you fancy? You're looking for Mauams, are you? <laughs> to be fair, yeah, Mauams are a solid choice. Can you then take, can you take that round to everyone else, Anna, and make sure that everyone else gets some sweets? Take whatever you want. Carry on doing that while I'm talking. Thank you so much for finding my Bible. Now, this is a little bit like the stories that we're going to talk about today. There are three stories that Jesus tells in Luke 15 about things that are lost and they're really important stories now you're not gonna have to listen to my voice reading them out we've got the cartoons that we love uh, whoever says hey at the right time I mean props Noah can you play the first one it's gonna be the parable of the lost sheep <laughs> and even raised people from the dead. <laughs> Jesus taught everyone about God's love. All kinds of people would come to hear Jesus speak, including tax collectors and people who made bad choices. This made the Pharisees and Jewish leaders mad. Ah, yeah. They didn't think that Jesus should be around these kind of people. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home. 
when he gets home, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Come on, everyone, come here, come here. Celebrate with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who returns to God than over 99 others who haven't strayed away. So what can we get from the story of the lost sheep? Well, I think it's first of all worth pointing out, sheep aren't known as the brightest of creatures, right? There's a song, and this will test the, the age of people in the room. When I used to go to summer holiday clubs, there was a song that went something like this. Well, I'm a sheep, bah, bah, and I like to be well-fed. And like a sheep, bah, bah, I'm a little stupid in the head. I go astray most every day. What a trouble I must be. I'm glad I've got the good shepherd looking after me. Uh-huh. I mean, am I the only one that knows that? Come. Clearly, I went to a, a special church when I grew up. Sheep are not known as the most bright creatures. And I mean, the difficult thing of what Jesus is saying is we're a bit like sheep. Every single one of us has a bit of a tendency, like sheep, to just wander off, go our own merry way, and sometimes get ourselves into scrapes and get ourselves lost. Does that sound familiar? That's me. But thankfully, there is a good shepherd. When the shepherd sees that one of his sheep is missing, he doesn't think, well, hey, at least I've got 99 still. It's all right. Not a problem. No, he thinks, no, I'm going to leave the 99 and I'm going to go searching for the one. I need to find that sheep. And if the shepherd hadn't gone looking, the sheep would have been done for. There are wolves. We know that David, as a shepherd, had to fight off lions. You know, that sheep, left to its own devices, would not have lasted very long. And so the good shepherd chooses to go out, leaving the 99 behind, going for the one. Because you see, the shepherd wasn't satisfied with having almost the whole flock. He wanted the whole flock safe and secure. So the first thing we can learn from this story is that Jesus' heart, as the good shepherd, is for everyone in the world. Amen? Amen. There isn't a single person that you meet and work with and interact with who Jesus does not want in his kingdom. Yeah. Amen? Amen? When the shepherd finds the sheep, he doesn't go, now silly sheep, no, 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 come along. He joyfully, on the video, I loved it, he goes, <laughs> he picks the sheep up He's not going to let that sheep get away again. And he carries it back to safety. Now, this isn't normal shepherding. Uh, a guy whose commentary I like to read, Michael Eaton, uh, points out, you know, generally speaking, shepherds lead and guide the sheep. But when the sheep get themselves in trouble, the shepherd will carry them. And there will be times in your life, generally speaking, God likes to speak to us. He likes to guide us. He likes to lead us along his ways. But when we've got ourselves into trouble, when we've got ourselves into a bit of a pickle, he will pick us up and carry us through. That's just the kind of good shepherd that we have. And then when he gets back to safety, what does he do? 
He calls for a celebration and he throws a party for his friends and his neighbours. Woohoo! <laughs> that is the good shepherd. Okay, so that's the parable of the lost sheep. Noah, can you put on the next one, the one about the coin, please? Oh. Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? <laughs> she finds it. She will call in her friends and neighbors and say, celebrate with me and rejoice because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, the angels of God are joyful and rejoice when even one person stops sinning and follows God. Yeah, this is a very similar story. You know, Jesus tells these three stories in response to, as the video showed us, the Pharisees saying, oh, you're with those people. Yeah, he's with those people because they are like the lost sheep. The people that Jesus chose to be with are like the lost coins. But compared with the lost sheep story, what we see here is how carefully and persistently the woman seeks the lost coin. She could have given it up for lost. She really could. She had nine coins still. Okay, I mean, it's silver, but who else is possibly a little bit like me? You maybe look around a little bit for something, but when you can't find it, you maybe go, ah, it'll show up, I'm sure. Yeah? Is that when you call your wife <laughs> you may be right. <laughs> that is, generally, that is, my, in fact, more often than not, actually, it's if Laluna's looking for something. I say, like, seriously, it will show up. It's in the house. It hasn't left the house. And she doesn't always listen to me because Laluna is more diligent and persistent than I. But, but she could have done that. She could have been like, I know the coin is in this house somewhere. It'll show up at some point. It'll be fine. But she didn't. She turns her house upside down. She shines a light into every single nook and cranny of her house and does not rest until she finds that coin. Her diligence pays off. She finds it and again throws a bit of a party. There's a theme coming here. But Jesus is no less diligent than the woman in this parable. 2,000 years ago, he saw that we were lost and he turned his house upside down and became human to seek and to save us. He left the comfort and the majesty of heaven behind and laid his life down for us. He died for us on the cross. And since we're talking about coins anyway, we can talk about how the cross is him paying for the things we did wrong. The things that we owed, the debt that we were supposed to pay because we did the wrong things, because we sinned, he paid on the cross 2,000 years ago. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Today, he continues to seek and save the lost coins. The ones that threaten to fall through the cracks or maybe down the back of the world's sofa. He will not give up so long as he, each person in this world has breath. He is seeking them, pursuing them. He wants them, as Jesus says in the parable, 
There is rejoicing in heaven when every sinner turns, says sorry, and finds life in him. There's a party. Okay, third story. I think we're doing all right for time. Third story. Parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, Um, excuse me? I want my share of your estate now, before you die. Okay. So his father agreed and gave his son his inheritance. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money while living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. Oh man! And he began to starve. Hey you! He convinced the local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the food he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Finally, he said to himself, at home even the servants have food enough to spare, and here I'm dying of hunger. I know. I will go home to my father and apologize and ask him to take me on as a servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. <coughs> Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fat calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. <laughs> the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after wasting your money, you celebrate by giving him a great feast. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found.
I love that one. So, up to this point, we've had a lost sheep. Okay, pretty serious. A lost silver coin. Yeah, okay, pretty serious, worth a lot of money. But this story ups the stakes. We're talking about a lost son. And it needs to be said, he's kind of a lost son because he wanted to be. He chose to ask his dad for his inheritance early. Now think about it, when are you supposed to get an inheritance? When your parents die is when you're supposed to get an inheritance. Really, he's kind of gone up to his dad and said, hey, I wish you were already dead, dad. I wish you were already dead because then I can have your money. Imagine the father's heart, the dad's heart. Imagine if your kid came up and said that to you. But the dad, although that would have been a good enough reason for the dad to send the son away and write him out of the will, I think a lot of people in the world would do that if someone tried to pull that. The dad is so generous and amazing that he says, okay, son, if that's how you want it, here, have it. The son takes the money, he runs, he wastes it on parties and friends who, funnily enough, run away when the money dries up. So he's insulted his father, he's wasted the money, and then a famine comes, and he manages to get a job, but he gets a job looking after pigs. Now, has anyone been to Rove's farm? That pig pen, does it smell nice? Oh, stinks. I've been to Finkley Down Farm in Andover and it ain't much better. It's not just Rose Farm. Pigs are stinky creatures. And for, an, for a Jewish boy, it's doubly bad because pigs are like the worst of the worst when it comes to food. They are not kosher. They are not allowed to be eaten. They are just blech. To work for, to feed the pigs is hitting rock bottom. And he's looking at the, the food he's giving the pigs and thinking, I'm not even allowed to eat that food. Yet in my father's house, the servants have the finest of food. The best food available. Do you know what? I'm going to go and say, Dad, I'm sorry. I know I deserve nothing, but just let me be a servant. I will serve you the rest of my days do my best for you if you will just give me a bit of food. So he sets off back to his dad's house. And that is where we find something amazing. His dad has been watching and waiting for his return. He didn't think, well, good riddance to bad rubbish. That son of mine is gone. He insulted me. No, he has been watching and waiting. And the moment he sees his son returning... It says he hitched up his skirt and ran. People of good standing in that culture did not do that. They would have walked serenely all like this. But he was so joyful to see his son that he was literally to embrace him. He could not wait to see him again. And he refuses to accept the offer of servanthood. Do you notice? Read it again. He, the son has this whole speech 
planned out, but he gets no further than the first sentence before the father says to his servant, hey, 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 get a robe, get a ring, get sandals and put them on his feet. My son is home. Let's throw a party. That is the heart of the father. And you see, God is doing this for every single person who is yet to find life in him. We have done just what the younger son did. We've said to God, no, don't want you, don't need you, don't want you. We've gone our own way, we've got ourselves into mess, and God would have been well within his rights to say, right, okay, suits me, but he's not. He is watching and waiting and lining up circumstances so that every single person will reach that point of, do you know what? It's not better without him. It is not better without God. And when they come back, even though they'll try and buy their way back in with, I'll be good from now on, Lord. I'll do my best. I'll tell everyone about you. I I won't swear. I won't steal. I won't cheat. I won't rob or anything like that. Just please let me back in. He's having none of it because he will only accept us back by grace, by love and forgiveness and restoring us to that place he always wanted us to have. His son, Jesus, has already paid it all and we just receive his welcome home by grace. Amen? Amen. Every single person you come into contact with is open to that offer. But there's a sting in this tale. The elder son, he hears the party. He, he's like, well, hang on, what? What's going on? I've been busy working in the field. Why is there a party going on? And they find out the younger son's back. Now, who thinks the elder son had a bit of a point? I, I get the elder son. I really do. I understand the elder son being a bit miffed. All these years, I've stayed by your side. I've worked hard for you. You've not even given me a goat for my friends. Trouble is, though, as much as the the younger son was lost, the elder son was lost by his pride, by his sense that he deserved what was coming because he didn't ask for the inheritance early, because he's towed the line, because he's behaved. So the father comes and says, come on, join. Join in. We had to celebrate because your brother was dead, but now he's alive. I'm very glad that the video cuts it off there because Jesus cuts it off there. We don't know what the elder son chose. We really don't. And so the question stands for you and me. Will we join in heaven's parties when the worst of sinners comes and finds forgiveness by turning to Jesus? Lucy Letby, the nurse who's just been sentenced to life in prison for the horrendous, horrific acts that she did. Saw a question on Twitter. We know she comes from a Christian family. The likelihood is at some point, she will come back to faith. How will we feel about that? 
Because in heaven, there's going to be a party. Because Jesus has already paid it all. Now, we don't know many Lucy Letbys. We really don't. We know people walking alongside us in the supermarket. We know people that we work with. People that might well annoy us. We all have colleagues that annoy us. We all have neighbours that we wish were maybe a little bit different. But do you know what? Jesus wants to welcome them back in as sons and daughters. And the question to us from the eldest son is, will you join in heaven's party when that happens? See, these parables, and I've called the message this morning, the joy of the kingdom. Because the joy of the kingdom is people turning, finding life in Jesus, and being restored to the Father. That causes heaven to break out in the most raucous of parties. And we're invited too. God wants us to celebrate with him and with the angels. Because you see, the kingdom is serious. I think we found in some of these stories, the kingdom is serious. It is sober, but there is joy. Paul says in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the joy of the kingdom is when those who are lost are restored to the king through repentance and trust in him. Because God has always been about mercy over judgment. Even in the Old Testament, you know, we, we have this misunderstanding of in the Old Testament, God was grumpy and judgy. And then Jesus comes and he's all nice now. No, even in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 18, verse 23, God says, do not think I rejoice in the death of the wicked. I would so much rather they repent and find life. God wants all to turn to him. Three times in three parables in a row, we are told when this happens, heaven throws a party. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to cause many parties to break out in heaven. Yes. I want through what Trinity Life Church does here in Swindon and beyond to cause so many parties to break out. As we reach out with the good news, as we join the shepherd in seeking the lost sheep, as we diligently seek like the woman searching through our home, and as we watch and wait like the dad waiting for his lost son to come home, as we share the good news of King Jesus and his kingdom with all that we meet, and then when people return, I want to see pies. And I don't want to be like the older son. I can be like the elder son all too often. Worryingly, the number of times I find myself thinking, do you know what, the Pharisees had a good point. No, I want a heart that is soft and open to the things that cheer God up, to the things that give God joy. And that is when people come to faith in him. Yes. I want to see so many parties because of what God does through us. Amen? Amen? Yes. It, wouldn't that just be amazing? We're going to pray. Phil's going to lead us in one more song. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, Dave. Um, I was thinking about Ephesians, uh, the, the revelation, and Jesus says, I've got this one thing against you, you did everything else right, but you've lost your first mm. And I think, you know, Yeah. Yeah. It's coming back to that first love that will keep us away from that elder brother heart. Yeah.
Yeah, amen. Thanks, Dave. And And the joy that you had is like that compared to the joy that God has when all of us turn back to him. That's amazing. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you call us not to sobriety. You don't call us to seriousness, but you call us to joy. Lord, the, the response to when people turn back to you isn't, well, it's about time. It is to throw the biggest of parties over one sinner who returns to you. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that when all of us turn our hearts back to you, when we realise that we've been silly or we've got ourselves in some mess, you don't go, but you welcome us back in. You embrace us like the father embraced his son and you turn us out to just like your own one and only son to seek and save the lost. Lord, I want to pray for Trinity Life Church. I want to pray for your your church here in Swindon beyond us and in the towns beyond, Lord Jesus. Would you make us like the Father? Would you make us so eager to cause parties to break out in heaven that we just tell all and sundry, everyone we come across, the good news of Jesus, who is ready to welcome, ready to forgive, ready to bring in and embrace all who turn to him. Lord, we want the joy of the kingdom in this church. We want the joy of the kingdom here in this place amongst this group of people. So I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would fill us up with your spirit. You would send us out with your heart of love, grace and welcome. And that through what the people in this room do, we would start some parties in heaven. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.